0: presentation welcome back to another untitled movie review i am one of your hosts matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes but he is tomato meter approved eric marchin
1: matt having a cup of tea talking to my best friend talking about a great movie there's before and after yang and the <laughs> world will, will, be will the never same. be the same
0: Yes, today we are reviewing Koganadas After Yang, starring uh Colin Farrell, Jodie Turner Smith, uh Justin H. Min, uh Malaya uh Emma, uh Haley Lou Richardson and more. Yeah,
1: I'm just gonna quickly um, I'm, I'm just gonna quickly correct you on uh the one oh, name for, for Mika. So uh May Emma uh, oh, okay. John Draw Wee Jaiwa. Um oh, cool. who is really wonderful um as oh as her the- full name. Okay, yes. sorry, my bad. My yeah. bad, thank you who's really wonderful as as the daughter um in in the movie. So, yeah. Oh, she's
0: great. She's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah I'm excited to talk about this with you, man, cuz like what a wonderful kind of hypnotic um beautiful uh movie. Uh, um, you know, I-, I liked Columbus enough when it came out um another movie that felt kind of hypnotic and, and beautiful and in, in its own way, but um Cognata is, you know, he's I, I've seen a lot of his um kind of video essays that he did. And I remember those always being, you know, very short, like a couple minutes long. Some are a little bit longer, but those always be very visually stunning and and just showcasing a, a different technique or aspect from different filmmakers. And it's so cool to see him making you know his own films and and just absolutely uh crushing it and he also has Pachinko that's either out right now or soon on Apple TV plus he's directed a few episodes of those uh March 25th that's coming out but uh Eric how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually really happy to talk about this movie because it's just to your point like it's Coconut Columbus which I really really loved watching um at the lightbox and being completely immersed in a world that is obviously contemporary and set in in you know the present, um, but also you know both feature length debut and sophomore effort do share more than you would think. Having obviously Haley Lee Richardson uh, in a supporting role in After Yang and being the lead in and co lead in Columbus, but also the way that he composes a shot, whether it be in medium or wide, and there's barely any movement in the frame and the movement is based on either the edit to the next angle or the next shot or the actors moving within the frame now there is mm-hmm. some movement in this movie in the sense that you're getting a point of view a perspective mm-hmm. and that's where the yeah. camera does move a little bit more but when you're in this not too distant future you're completely immersed in in the lives of this family of four, having to deal with the loss of one of them and coming to terms in a kind of introspective nature, and you have Colin Farrell giving, I think, one of his best performances and showing incredible range He's having a good this- week. And uh, the Batman playing the penguin and giving a very quiet, nuanced, internalized uh, performance here as a tea shop owner named Jake, who is trying to fix uh, his son, his son played uh, by Justin H. Min, as we learn in kind of... In a non-spoon feeding way, that this is a world where techno sapiens exist, which are I kind love of that, that term. Yeah, they're they're kind of like replicants uh, in a way, where they're kind of they're man-made, but they're they have, androids, yeah. Yeah, but they have kind of, you know, like human flesh. They're more realistic than the DH Catherine Keener in the Adam project. <laughs> um and this this character yang who shuts down in the after the the amazing opening credit sequence oh my god where there's this and one virtual, of the
0: virtual all-timer just so virtual good. dance
1: competition is incredible um but he's brought into the family because their adopted chinese american daughter um it, it needs kind of a, a a companion to kind of help her kind of understand her culture and her heritage and kind of, you know, let her know that she's accepted within the world. There's a wonderful kind of metaphor about uh, grafting that's brought in later on that I think really works quite well. Um, But it's kind of this family dealing with this character with yang shutting down and making the decisions of like can we repair him can we not repair him who do we go to what do we do how do we talk to our daughter how do we be more present as parents in life because they've been relying so heavily on, on yang him. um it is such a beautiful well constructed immersive experience that is never emotionally manipulative but gets you by the end and when you start to understand the loss that both farrell and joni jody turner smith's characters have gone through um as parents mm-hmm. it hits you in such a, a, oh, no. a, a profound and poignant manner mm-hmm. like even the way it like this is this does a better job of looking at the other than something like don't look up which the whole point of Don't Look Up is, you know, we need to put our our, our differences aside in order to tackle something that's sure. horrific, but we can also sympathize with someone we don't agree with. That movie fails horribly. This has a moment of that that could get lost on the first watch where you have Colin Farrell's character take his boy to this kind of off-the-books technician played by Richie Coster, who's probably best known as playing the one gangster in... Um, uh, the Dark Knight, who kind of wants uh, to to use the Joker uh, to sort of bring back the mob, and then right, gets eaten right, by right. the dogs, right? Because it's like he gets fed by the to yeah. a hungry dog. Um, he was also in Matt Reeves' uh, Let Me In. He played the uh, the gym coach in that uh, really wonderful it actor all comes but, back to the Batman. <laughs> but but yeah, it really does. But he is basically this off the books technician. That's also this kind of like conspiracy theorist kind of yeah very pro-American kind of guy that suspects that there might be spyware. Surveillance, yeah. Yeah, but the way in which it handles that character, it shows you his downfalls and why he probably is, yeah. you know, he's a very talented technician, but why he is basically, you know, having to run kind of like a, um, a you know, black market, flea market kind of thing on the, on the side and not actually have a job where he could probably be, in in a higher position and helping his own family because of his beliefs and his ideology. And it never makes fun or overemphasizes it, but you see it, you could see it. And like, there's a great moment between those two, in their last scene as well. And I think it's a movie that's very much about empathy. There's a really wonderful uh, recollection of when Farrell is teaching his trade to Yang um, about tea and does a Werner Herzog impression, which is delightful. Oh yeah, great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, Farrell doing De Niro in in The Batman and Werner Herzog in After Yang. It's so good. It's such a beautiful movie. And I don't want to get too much into Haley Lou Richardson's yeah. character, but yeah. she is amazing in this movie She's as great. well and brings in this other side of yang but also the world and 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 there's a little bit of mystery there and and i honestly do think that this is a film that is very much about the experience you know like you're 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 settling into a world that's paced deliberately that has a certain atmosphere life, to it man yeah and 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 the technology isn't too advanced where it's unbelievable or you have to have it explained to you like you can understand it easily
0: i think it's one of the best ai you know robot stories that i've seen in a very long time and i know people are using the term like you know human in this and i think that's really interesting of showing the human experience you love the humans and and, and i do love the humans also a24 but in showtime which is this yeah which this is as well um But I just think that this was such a wonderful movie about grief, about life, about memories, about, you know, love, about like so many different things. And using the framing device of a AI or, you know, an Android um, that shuts down as that, I think is, is so wonderful and how you can experience, you know, his memories and his life and see how, you know, we've had many stories about, you know, Robots becoming sentient or having feelings and, you know, uh, how do you deal with that? Whether it's in Westworld, the, the morality of what you do to some of the things there, or I uh, thinking of, of other recent things of, 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 you know, I love the ex term machina. Techno, ex machina, uh, the term techno sapiens, it, it means like, just like homo sapiens, like they are, People they might be artificially created and and you know their everything is kind of fake because it's in their algorithm. But what does that actually mean? Like, sure they're programmed, but can they eventually develop feelings and and experience life just like we would? And and using the term, you know, this movie feels very human about the human experience. I think is so interesting using a you know, a a robot to show that. And I think the movie, yeah, like you said, the cinematography, absolutely stunning and gorgeous and simple, but like, he just, you know, you can tell from his video essays that he's a very, you know, he analyzes this stuff. And he's so meticulous. Meticulous. and, And, you know, the architecture in Columbus, and then in this, just the visual look of everything. Like, I loved the use of aspect ratios. Again, like, I am such a sucker for thematically- um, like using aspect ratios in a thematic way of a storytelling device, right? Whether it's the present is in 239 two, widescreen, uh the flashbacks or memories are in 169, you know, one. 0.85 like full screen and then you have these video calls like eric and i are doing right now where the characters are in their, you know where they are you would see my background just like you see now but they're talking to the camera like they're having a video call with someone and they're in four by three and it's even little things And you like don't that. see the device that and, they're
1: using either which i thought was kind of interesting. oh it's great
0: because it's just like it's immersive right like you would just be seeing the person in their element, like they're sitting in front of you, but the way that he frames that in that four by three, and you know, I'm such a sucker for that kind of stuff. And you can tell that like storytelling in the filmmaking as well, not only in, you know, what these characters are going through and the loss they're experiencing and things like that, but you can tell he is so meticulous that it's every frame is planned. And like, it's just such a mesmerizing movie. And I say this in both Columbus and this film where they almost put me to sleep. And I don't mean that in like a as a negative at all, because I found them so hypnotizing. Both movies, one seeing at Lightbox and one that I watched from my bed, um, and both were great experiences. I would have loved to see this at Lightbox as well, which I believe it's playing right yeah, now. Yeah, it is. At yes. But he just has this hypnotic quality that you're just mesmerized by everyone in the film, whether you know uh, Mika, the little girl's experience, or you like you said a very subtle but like wonderful performance from Colin Farrell and Jodie Turner Smith, and like even um, Justin H. Min as Yang himself, he's like who's th- a composite you know, character, yeah. And that's
1: really hard to pull off when you're basically your 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 whole performance or your whole identity is based on other people's memories of you or getting snippets in this case of what you recorded and those other people kind of filling in the blanks. And so for him to create such a fully realized individual um out of that is with such
0: little actual screen time and stuff it's amazing too, because you like, do yeah. feel
1: the loss that that these characters are feeling in such a, a an earnest and honest way that feels realistic it doesn't feel like there's any histrionics or any over-the-top melodrama of you know these characters being put in a position or there isn't any added um you know plot in order to like fill out the story. It's just kind of characters like in this moment of time figuring out, okay, well they really weren't prepared for this and nobody really is. And mm. what do they do and how do they kind of, you know, take those steps as a family and, and, and how do they talk to each other about it and how do they reflect on what is going on and how do they mourn and how do they mourn with others? And, and there were just so many little beautiful moments. And, and you mentioned that, you know, there's a lot of films Especially in the day and age now that we're in where, you know, AI technology is becoming more accessible and also a part of our lives. The thing that's kind of interesting with this as well, another movie obviously that does a lot of that is is Spike is Her. But what this movie does and Her does as well, it's not sinister it's not about no you know a dystopian like terminator-esque world where like they're going know, to
0: kill us or, yeah the, or the androids like
1: are rebelling the technosapiens are moving on but there is an interesting um line of dialogue that is mentioned about like well why why do humans automatically compare us to um other people? To, to humans, like, why do we yeah. have to be human? And like, there's that's an exactly point yeah. being made there.
0: And that's why I think this movie is fascinating because that's exactly what I think is it, it's saying. You're you're going okay. What if we could access all of our memories and 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 someone view them and have our whole life uh, be shown? And then, yeah, that that whole quote that you just said, I think, it, it is such an interesting thing to tackle. And and I, the movie just does such a fantastic uh, job at just kind of yeah. Of living through it and and yeah everyone you know we didn't even mention like clifton collins jr pops up in a very small role who's the next door neighbor but um, there's a lot of interesting stuff there because he's the one that wants to be friends
1: with colin farrell's character and also Mm -hmm. offers him the the uh the richie coster uh uh technician Mm -hmm. to go to but there's something interesting there in terms of adding a little bit of development to colin farrell's character that colin farrell even though he's a decent person there is that elitism there where Farrell kind of feels like he's above yeah. Clifton collins character who you kind of get as like your classic almost like red-blooded american type who's kind of like mm-hmm. into very populous things whether it be sports or stuff like and that even
0: the stuff with his daughters is very interesting which we won't go into and in like uh, with and how the reveals later in the movie that i think played out uh wonderfully as well and then talking about you know we, like you said we're living in an age where this stuff becomes yeah we don't have live in you know androids living with us right now but like that could be a possibility in the future but we have siri and we have you know uh, uh different ais and i think even how it touches on that and surveillance and, and 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 how it does that or even when it comes to consent of you know your uh your life and even though it's coming from you know yang who depending on who you talk to some people would be like well he's just a, a robot you paid for and he's programmed like um, but then, when they go into the museum stuff and wanting to showcase his life in a museum, and that kind of, uh, you know, struggling with if that is an okay thing to do, and and them wanting to study techno sapiens as being, you know, real, you know, people essentially, and I think that was even fascinating as well, and just Colin Farrell's kind of journey through this of like yeah he, it was his son and he's experiencing his son's memories and he's struggling with all this stuff of what to do and it, it's just such a it's such a beautiful movie
1: yeah the score is amazing oh, i think god the, yeah, the, i've been listening the, to it nonstop. the look of the film not just the cinematography but the production the way, design
0: of like the future is so cool
1: it's yeah again like it's not overwhelming and sort of like oh this is a, a world where you know you can obviously relate to the people but you can't relate to the technology and the world building around it it's very much a future that is probably you know like colin farrell when he's talking about that Werner herzog doc that uh herzog is in that's from 2007 he says that he saw it in college so you'd probably assume that like the movie itself would be like or like the story this this is telling is probably like you know 2060 or 20 like around yeah, that time. Not too so, far in the future. No, no, no. Yeah. And and like it feels like okay, this is the kind of progression people would make. Like it's not flying cars, it's not, you know, teleportation. Um there's there's a lot of um cultural influences in the architecture and design and clothing whether it be, you know, Asian American Sort of medleys or the
0: design of their house was so cool, dude.
1: Yeah, yeah, it looks it, it it has this kind of beautiful postmodern architecture to it that kind of feels again futuristic, but there are a lot of like elements in there that are basically memorable and that you can you can understand them like they come from a, a real place, like they they you could see this somewhere, you could see this house somewhere. Oh, totally, like, it's 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 not completely um. Uh, it's not too futuristic like it's like, like oh okay like I could see people living in this um mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's just one of those movies that really does take its time to tell a story about a family mourning and also really getting to know the family and it doesn't you know dump on you with exposition or a lot of backstory that's unnecessary like even though it is very well composed and structured it doesn't ever feel like, there's nothing in this movie that didn't need to be in the film. Like everything in this movie is of one kind of piece and it's just so beautiful to kind of watch and, and yeah, watching it on a screener link, I think like you still get a lot out of it, but I could only imagine watching this in like the light box and co- being completely immersed by the sound design and the visuals. Yeah, I'm and almost tempted to go see it there. Yeah. yeah
0: um yeah just a wonderful movie i'm gonna give it a four and a half i think it's i think it's up there with i mean we're very early in the year but like um that and colin farrell just having a great couple weeks because this and the batman like a one-two punch of those they are just so different yeah uh, but and he still very, has two very very more movies, movies. movies
1: coming up with ron howard yeah. and martin mcdonough so like he's i think he's gonna have a really good year overall
0: yeah. so four and a half for me i love i it. gave
1: it a four on Letterbox, but i'm gonna bump it up to a four and a half on here because it's love it's just that. one of those movies that again like the more time oh, you're there he's back yeah four <laughs> and a half i think the more time that you have distance from it after like thinking about it the more it just kind of stays in your mind
0: yeah absolutely um, thank you all for listening. We really do appreciate it or watching. Uh, we have many more reviews you guys can check out right now. Uh, you can check out our reviews for the Batman. We have a spoiler-free review right here on this channel, Untitled Movie Reviews, or on YouTube. Uh, we also have a spoiler cast on the Untitled Movie Podcast channel or on YouTube. Uh, we also have a review for Domi She's Turning Red, which you guys can uh, check out. Uh, Mimi Cave's Fresh, which uh, our friend Joey Noel Uh, hopped on over and reviewed that uh, both on Disney plus Canada, Um, (laughs) both on Disney plus Canada. Also uh, the Adam project. If you guys want to check that out, uh, we have a review for that Uh, and much more coming up in the next couple weeks. Uh, best place to find everything. One stop shop would be uh letterboxd over on our HQ, which is untitled underscore movies. You can get all of our ratings, our rankings of things, our video reviews, our podcasts, all of that is over there. So go check that out. Untitled underscore movies on letterboxed. Uh, go check out uh, Koganada's uh, video essays as well. They're all on Vimeo. Um, they're fantastic. If you liked Columbus and you like this, they're sometimes only like three, four minutes long, sometimes even shorter, um, just kind of visual essays with great music and and great visuals. Go check those out. Uh, after I watched this, I hopped on and rewatched a bunch of them, and they're just, uh, they're very kinetic and exciting and and just great analysis without even some of them have voiceover and stuff like that, but some are just purely music and images and and they're great. So go check those out and just go well. back to see Columbus. Like you can pick it up on
1: Blu-ray uh, through Blu-ray is beautiful too. Yeah. yeah. It, it is uh, a fantastic uh, movie and he, I I'm just really excited about him moving forward because I mean, it is only, it's only, he's only done two features, but I honestly feel that he understands what you can do with the art form so beautifully, just as both, you know, someone that loves movies and the visual medium to tell stories, but... There's just something that's like, like, even with only the two films, like, I want to say that he's going to be one of the best filmmakers of our generation, you know, and like, I'm just so excited to see what he's going to do next. So,
0: yeah, and then Pachinko's out in a couple weeks, which I I might check out now because I know he directed, I think, half the episodes. Um, and, uh, you know, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, uh, mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and on Family Feud Canada. And you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. Just thinking about, uh, the family and after Yang being on Family Feud. <laughs> they, they'd crush it. I think they'd crush it.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm Eric Martin. you can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash Scene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. I'm going to go grab a cup of tea and I'm going to sob quietly like a sad boy. <laughs> that
0: tea making scene is great. Dude.
1: Oh, I, I had a new profound appreciation for drinking tea after this yeah. because it was almost like somewhat like a a, a, a sommelier, right? Like a like a wine. Oh taste my God. When he talk
0: when he talks about how you can experience like a place with it. I'm like, I've never thought of that. And that's such a wonderful thing to explain tea. Um, anyways, bye, everybody. <laughs> Drink some tea.